knowledge uh, to, for employers about uh, possible support that they can get, for example, from uh, public employment services uh, if uh, they uh, take uh, the step uh, to recruit uh, outside uh, their um, usual uh, pool of uh, actual candidates. Yes, we see that uh, if um, employers uh, first uh, get the experience that uh, this uh, work, uh, they go on uh, with reference uh, back uh, to the recent uh, experience uh, for many employers by use of uh, teleworking. Welcome to another episode of the Work Life Hub podcast. Each week, we bring you an inspiring guest to help you discover the new world of work and learn how your organization can reach its full potential. Thank you for tuning in and spending some time with us today. To find out more about the Work Life Hub, please go to www.worklifehub.com. Welcome to the Work Life Hub podcast, this latest episode. My name is Agnes Oledecki and I'm your host. And I'm coming to you from my home office as we are still in the final stages of the confinement due to the COVID-19 pandemic in early 2020. Today, my guest is Hilde Olsen and I'm going to be speaking with her and asking her questions about how public uh, employment services can support job seekers, especially with their long-term um, care issues or the reconciliation of their child care um, responsibilities with a paid employment. The conversation we're having today with Hilde is part of our efforts to disseminate information about the Equal Project. We are uh, partners, the Work Life Hub is a partner organization in this European project called Equal, Equality for Work and Life. And as you may have remembered, uh, we already interviewed Chiara Gioro, who is the coordinator of this project. Uh, She's working in uh, Italy for ANPAL, the Italian National Agency for Active Labor Market Policies. The Equal Project aims to elaborate and test a set of strategies, a new model of intervention, and a toolkit to facilitate the access to labor market of people who have been unemployed for a while, women, but not only women, who have care responsibilities for children or elderly or other relatives, which is really... um, hindering them from uh, accessing paid work and the labor market. So uh, the project is focusing on empowering public employment services with this new approach, with this new intervention model, and actually testing in a controlled uh, trial uh, how Uh, beneficiaries respond and are able to benefit from the new intervention model compared to perhaps a more classic services from the employment uh, services. Uh, And today we're going to be talking with Hilde Olsen, who is a Norwegian national expert. She is um, seconded to the European Commission to manage the Secretariat for the European Network of Public Employment Services. She has a long experience working in the public uh, sector in Norway, especially with uh, the Norwegian public employment services. Prior to this, 
Hilde has been working for various public authorities in Norway. Um, she also gained valuable experience working for the OECD on employment analysis. She holds a master in economics from the University of Oslo and has a specialization in international economics from the Kiel Institute of World Economics. Um, so I'm very thrilled to have Hilde on the podcast today. And um, before we go and discuss a little bit more this uh, combination of issues of uh, unemployment and care responsibilities and how public employment services can assist there, uh, I would like to ask you, um, Hilde, a couple of uh, more basic or introductory questions, perhaps to ease our audience into the issue. So maybe I could ask you to explain first your role within the European Commission and the European Network of Public Employment Services. Thank you, and uh, I'm uh, very pleased to have uh, the opportunity to participate uh, in uh, this uh, podcast and also uh, explain to you a bit what is our role and uh, what public employment services uh, are uh, doing regarding uh, to the topics uh, you introduced uh, in the beginning uh, and, uh, of course, um, public employment services uh, are uh, at the national uh, level uh, important uh, agencies uh, to implement employment uh, policies, uh, and uh, they have a lot in common, but there are also uh, interesting uh, differences uh, among them, and it's uh, useful for everyone uh, to share this information and have uh, discussing discussions uh, among them, and that's uh, actually the role of uh, the uh, European network of public uh, employment services. Uh, in uh, this uh, network, uh, we organize uh, the European level uh, cooperation. Uh, and uh, this uh, cooperation is including all EU countries, uh, as well as uh, Iceland and uh, Norway. And uh, on the practical level, uh, the network uh, is supported uh, by, the by a secretariat, and this secretariat is um, located uh, in uh, the European uh, Commission in uh, uh, Europe. Uh, and I'm uh, then, as you, you mentioned in your introduction, so uh, lucky to have uh, the possibility to be one of the experts uh, seconded from my national uh, organization. And what we actually do is uh, then particularly, uh, as uh, I shortly mentioned, uh, to organize sharing of experience and mutual uh, learning among the participating public employment services. Thank you very much, uh, Hilde, for uh, this brief introduction to the network and your role and, and uh, public employment services within the European context. Now, uh, perhaps I wonder if we should maybe take a step back and um, look a little bit more general into what are public employment services and what is their role in facilitating the matching of um, labor market demand and offer how they can help uh, and support their beneficiaries who are on the one hand the job seekers and on the other hand 
employers who are looking for uh, to recruit. So can I ask you maybe to tell listeners a little bit about uh, about this, about uh, public employment services in, in general? As I mentioned briefly, public employment services are among the main agencies executing employment policies and thus directly accountable to governments. And an important role for them are to set up and facilitate key public functions in the labor market as job matching support, job seekers, integration. When we come to the organizational structure, that can be different across Europe, for example, how and if social partners are involved in the governance. But although they can be structured differently in each country, I will say that in all countries, the public employment services help to match supply and uh, demand in uh, the labor market, uh, as you mentioned, uh, um, job matching uh, between job seekers and uh, employers. How would I do this uh, can, uh, of course, uh, differ a bit from country to country and also uh, regarding uh, which group of uh, job seekers uh, we are uh, talking uh, about. Uh, I will say in uh, general, very important uh, for uh, the um, public employment services is, of course, to offer for good labor market information, both to job seekers and uh, to employers uh, to make them aware of uh, opportunities. Because uh, in uh, the end, most of the job matches uh, in all countries, uh, they occur by um, employers and uh, and, uh, job seekers uh, finding uh, each other. And then, of course, good information is uh, important. Uh, But, of course, uh, also uh, public employment services can uh, intervene uh, more uh, directly in uh, the job uh, match. In some countries, uh, public employment services uh, offer uh, recruitment uh, assistance, uh, particularly to smaller firms uh, without so uh, big uh, human resources departments as uh, bigger firms often uh, have. And of course, also on the job seeker side, the particularly targeted group that have, can have problems to find jobs will often get more targeted support, counseling or recommendations, upskilling. And uh, there can also uh, be offers of uh, support um, to to employers uh, to um, recruit uh, people for a certain time, for example. This was great. Thank you very much for for explaining this so thoroughly. Now, um, going on to the next question, of course, because this is, you know, early summer uh, 2020 and... We are still in the midst of um, 
the COVID-19 pandemic and the crisis, which not only is unfortunately a tragic uh, public health um, crisis, but it's you know more and more evident that it is becoming an, an economic crisis, uh, a crisis for uh, jobs and the labor market, and then also uh, more and more research shows us that this is definitely um, hitting women and men differently, with um, women having to shoulder even more of the care uh, burden, um, especially with schools closed and and uh, childcare closed and and um, the, the devastation that this um, pandemic has had on uh, care homes, for example, and some governments had the option to, to send uh, people home from hospitals or care homes to free beds. So there's an, an, a very multifaceted um, storm we're still in the middle of. Um, however, the labor markets in a number of countries have already been experiencing great challenges, especially uh, during and right after the latest um, economic crisis, uh, especially Italy, which is one of the leading uh, countries of, of this project, of the Equal Project, has had to face great uh, unemployment numbers, especially youth unemployment, and especially the same in Spain and other countries as well. So we know that there are these tectonic shifts that are really affecting the labor market. One of them is demographic change, digitalization, uh, skills gaps. So um, in terms of these challenges, uh, how is this experienced by the public employment services today? And what are perhaps, what is perhaps their response and, and how they are trying to, to face these challenges? Yes, as you mentioned, we are now in a very special and challenging uh, uh, period because of the COVID-19 uh, uh, pandemic. Uh, and in uh, this uh, current situation, I would say that it's uh, important uh, that uh, PES uh, staff uh, in a way, have two thoughts in uh, their heads uh, at the same time. Uh, we need, of course, uh, now to respond uh, to the immediate uh, challenges uh, where many people uh, have uh, lost uh, their uh, jobs. But uh, on the other hand, uh, also uh, keep in mind uh, the more uh, structural challenges, as uh, you touched uh, upon uh, and of course, uh, to some extent, uh, these uh, challenges uh, can uh, also uh, in a way um, be very similar. Then I maybe think particularly about the digitalization. We have um, during a long time um, seen that uh, we have more automatization and digitalization in uh, the labor market and uh, changing many jobs. Uh, some jobs uh, disappear, other jobs uh, change uh, their contents and new uh, jobs uh, emerge. And to some extent, um, this uh, digitalization could even uh, be enforced uh, by um, 
the COVID-19 pandemic. I just refer to the conversation we have here today by phone and you from your home office. Myself also, I work partly from home. And yes, and to make this short, I think we will have stronger digitalization on on several areas also in the time to come. So this challenge will probably just be stronger for both for for labor market participations and also for the public employment services. And uh, of course, um, uh, one of the roles uh, for most public employment services uh, is uh, then uh, to try to avoid um, skill gaps and uh, mismatches. As I already mentioned, public employment services are all are often in charge of active labor market measures in their countries that can include, for example, training of people who need to be be upskilled. And of course, also in this area, the public employment services cooperate uh, often with the, the education sector. Another um, uh, challenge that uh, you also uh, mentioned and uh, was maybe more than uh, on the agenda before the crisis uh, just a few months ago, but of course it has not disappeared and will uh, will uh, um, be with us for a long time. That's the demographic challenge, aging. Uh, uh, population and labor force. Uh, so, uh, therefore, uh, another um, uh, important challenge for uh, public employment services uh, is to encourage uh, labor market uh, participation among um, people with the low. Uh, labor participation it can be longer working lives for older but uh, as you also touched uh, upon uh, us as uh, the main topic for uh, this podcast uh, also uh, increased uh, labor participation among uh, women and uh, other um, yeah, there can also be other uh, people uh, with the low uh, low uh, labor market uh, participation now you mentioned um, teleworking and how employers and organizations had to adapt to uh, the current crisis now i would like to link this topic if i may a little bit back to our project which is uh, you know on supporting uh, long-term unemployed people to find work that they can uh, reconcile with their care challenges. I'm really wondering, and I would like to get your take on this, whether because of the pandemic, because governments mandated um, employers to uh, send their employees home and try to really accommodate as many employees as possible uh, working from home, whether this push um, contributed to 
changing the mindset and the mentality of a number of employers who previously may have resisted the idea of uh, having a remote workforce or part of the workforce working remotely, whether these employers are now going to be more open to the idea of flexible working and teleworking, and whether this openness, this change of mentality can maybe be a very welcome opening for job seekers with care responsibilities to find and, and keep uh, paid work because it will, be a, it will be easier for them to match their need for flexibility with jobs that are offered flexibly. Yes, as, uh, as uh, you mentioned uh, now, uh, also employers, uh, they uh, get new experience uh, and uh, that uh, work can be organized uh, in a different uh, way than uh, before. And uh, this, of course, um, give uh, new opportunities. Uh, and um, this uh, also now uh, public employment services uh, take uh, on board in uh, their uh, cooperation uh, with the labor market uh, partners uh, and uh, other uh, stakeholders uh, because, as you mentioned, uh, care responsibilities can, for some people, uh, be difficult to combine with uh, a standard uh, work where you need to be at the, the workplace from uh, eight to four, for example, uh, every day. And uh, then, uh, of course, the information uh, both to employers and uh, uh, job seekers uh, and assistance uh, about uh, these possibilities uh, for uh, more flexible uh, work arrangements uh, as uh, part-time jobs, uh, flexible work hours, teleworking uh, will uh, be uh, obviously important. Uh, in addition, uh, of course, uh, important for uh, many people with uh, uh, care obligation is also uh, access to um, care uh, facilities. Uh, and uh, there, uh, many pe- uh, public employment services uh, cooperate uh, with other uh, public a- uh, authorities uh, to find uh, solutions since uh, care facilities uh, often is uh, uh, offered by um, municipalities, uh, for example. Yes, thank you very much for pointing out in your answer that indeed teleworking is not a substitute for childcare, that um, governments still uh, need to invest and employers also need to invest to a certain degree to um, to childcare and and ensure that uh, especially women but employees in general can uh, have the conditions where they can also be uh, as productive working from home as they would be working from the workplace or the office because there is uh, childcare provided for them. Now zooming in uh, on this issue of work-life balance especially the issue of employability of women and carers <clears throat> as within the framework of our project, the equal project, um, a lot of the beneficiaries of the support and the services of public employment services who have had to take long breaks from paid employment uh, because of the care responsibilities then find themselves with um, very big gaps, uh, long gaps, 
on their CVs um, between the last paid work, the last formal employment they had, and and this current moment when they're looking for a job. Um, and this is usually one of the challenges of, uh, of marketing one's uh, skills and experience because a lot of the recruitment is happening um, based on past experiences or, or very relevant uh, uh, formal experiences and not so much the informal skills that one obtains um, while on a career break. So um, what is the approach of public uh, employment services and how can public employment services help and support these job seekers that have these big gaps on their CVs? Yes, this is also a quite uh, extensive uh, topic, uh, actually, because uh, even if uh, you refer to people who have been out of uh, the labor market for a certain time, their situation and opportunities in uh, the labor market can be very different. So, of course, uh, very important and uh, general is to give good uh, information about opportunities in uh, the current labor market that can have changed uh, since uh, the person uh, left. Uh, and of course, uh, this uh, is uh, also uh, then uh, including for those uh, who need it uh, possibilities uh, to to attend in uh, activities that can improve their uh, possibilities in the labor market. This can span from, uh, from support in the job search, how to uh, attend uh, interviews or make applications even in today's uh, modern uh, labor market uh, to more extensive uh, support. Uh, we already talked about uh, training that can be needed uh, for um, for uh, some uh, uh, people. If it's uh, shorter training, this can often uh, be offered uh, by uh, public employment services. If you need to have uh, re-education, uh, it's maybe more cooperation uh, and recommendations uh, to the uh, how to, um, uh, to cope uh, with the, the education uh, uh, sector. So again, it's relatively broad, but uh, also uh, public employment services can uh, often uh, support uh, more uh, directly in uh, contact uh, with the employers and uh, maybe even uh, support um, uh, the employer in uh, a certain uh, period uh, to try out if uh, this uh, person adopt, adapt uh, well to the labor market uh, after uh, uh, long uh, absence. Uh, so again, uh, this is an important uh, topic uh, uh, for public uh, employment uh, uh, services, uh, but also uh, very complex. Uh, so the, I think the short uh, answer is that we need to have a, a big toolbox. Mm. I love this conclusion that you made about the toolbox because these are such complex issues and complex challenges. Of course, there isn't a simple answer or a simple solution to this, but it does require a number of different uh, levers to be to be pulled and 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 as you say a number of tools that can be pulled out of a toolbox 
And um, I wonder whether uh, this can also contribute to um, changing the mentality and the mindset of employers because, uh, of course, one of the ongoing um, conversation within the work-life uh, field is that um, how can employers um, recognize the skills and competencies that are required while um, a, a parent is on parental leave, for example, um, you know, what is it that they gain and learn and develop during this time so that it's not seen by employers as uh, just a holiday or, 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 or a kind of a black box period where the employee just disappears off the grid and then they come back and they are just as they were before and they come and back to work and continue working. But this recognition of um, that they are, they have learned something, that they have acquired skills, that they have been somehow changed and affected by this um, by this period of, of care, may be short or long, and also the question of uh, how this um, period, this rich experience, can then be translated into also serving the organizational objectives. Yes, sure. And uh, also you pointed uh, on an important uh, uh, point uh, a few minutes ago, referring to gaps uh, in the CV. People can have uh, gaps in uh, the CV of uh, various uh, reasons, and sometimes uh, employers are concerned about uh, uh, this uh, and uh, for example uh, the public employment services in my uh, home country Norway has uh, focused uh, quite uh, much uh, on uh, this uh, that uh, employers should look uh, beyond the gap and uh, yes the gap can actually sometimes even uh, give experience uh, that can be really useful uh, for uh, further um, career. And uh, then, of course, uh, information to employers, uh, both uh, at uh, the organizational level as uh, well as uh, with the senior employers is uh, very important. Uh, then, uh, and then also the ability or, uh, to show good examples. That's great. And, and, you know, jumping on this, would you have maybe a few, one or two um, examples from the um, Public Employment Services Network members um, to share with the listeners about how they um, are supporting the job seekers or the employers with this um, overall issue of um, balancing care responsibilities and um, paid work and, and how... Um, flexibility can can be um, of great use in these situations. Yes, because uh, as uh, we already have uh, touched upon, uh, when you come to the national uh, public employment services, uh, there are, of course, uh, important similarities across uh, countries, but also very interesting uh, national uh, uh, practices uh, 
And uh, there we will actually also do a study this summer to give us a more uh, complete uh, overview, but uh, to mention uh, a couple of uh, interesting uh, uh, practices. I would uh, mention uh, the public employment services in uh, Austria. They have a very um, comprehensive uh, program uh, actually targeted uh, on uh, all uh, women uh, who uh, are leaving or soon will leave uh, maternity leave. This program um, covers more or less 40,000 women uh, a year. And um, uh, the main uh, points in uh, this program is that uh, they start by inviting all the relevant women to come as early as possible to the public employment services to get the information. This can be information about the labor market in general, on educational possibilities and also about uh, the possibilities to get uh, special uh, support uh, if uh, that is uh, needed uh, either by the public employment services uh, themselves or by uh, other uh, institutions as we already have uh, talked about uh, education uh, or uh, municipalities uh, can uh, be relevant uh, and uh, then also if you belong to one of these uh, groups uh, that uh, need uh, more uh, intensive uh, support uh, that uh, they um, they uh, uh, offer more uh, tailor made uh, advice and uh, support uh, where you get the access uh, to um, uh, more uh, also uh, um, topic experts uh, in uh, the local uh, offices. Uh, and uh, as you mentioned, uh, the public employment services uh, also uh, then have a strategy to um, target uh, employers. Uh, uh, that can uh, also then um, be um, financial support if that is uh, needed for a certain time, uh, counseling uh, regarding how to adapt uh, the work to flexible uh, time, uh, teleworking, uh, and also uh, how uh, to to draw on uh, the opportunities for uh, child care. And the other example I would like uh, to mention is uh, then um, quite different uh, actually and uh, then an example how to target uh, a group with uh, more serious uh, problem. And this is an example from uh, the Balearic Island uh, Employment Employment Services uh, they have uh, for several years uh, run a program uh, targeted on uh, women who have been victims for gender violence uh, and uh, particularly then also uh, uh, for uh, women with um, family responsibility and without uh, regular income. And you can assume that uh, this is a group uh, also uh, who needs uh, a lot uh, 
of uh, support uh, and uh, therefore uh, the public employment services uh, uh, on the Balearic uh, island they cooperate first and uh, foremost uh, very closely with the other uh, relevant um, local authorities uh, and uh, municipalities and uh, also uh, NGOs uh, specialized uh, on women and uh, vulnerable group and uh, this group uh, of uh, women uh, also often uh, needs very tailor-made and uh, long-term support uh, for um, working hours, redesign of tasks, training, uh, etc. And uh, there I would also uh, mention uh, the employers because, uh, as I mentioned, the uh, uh, Balearic and um, Island uh, Employment Services uh, has uh, already run this uh, program uh, for several years. And uh, their experience is, is uh, actually that uh, stakeholders uh, and uh, employers usually are uh, flexible about adaptation and that they don't mind to make uh, internal uh, changes uh, if it helps uh, the women to adapt uh, to the working life. Uh. Well, thank you very much um, for sharing these really inspiring examples. I think these are really, um, really good in highlighting in a very practical way the work of the public employment services. Um, Now, before we go to the last question, may I ask you, Hilde, to share with listeners where they can um, find more information about the PES network and the work you're doing? Uh, Yes, of course, uh, this is uh, the PES Knowledge uh, Center, uh, where uh, where uh, you can uh, find uh, all uh, the information, and uh, we can uh, also add more in uh, in detail uh, the direct uh, link. So the link to the website directly is www.pesnetwork.eu. Yes, exactly. And then, if listeners would like to learn more. Um, because it's a bit tricky to get to the information on the European Commission's website. So if they just Google uh, Public Employment Services European Commission, then they get to this Knowledge Center website and, and the newsletters and all the work that you're doing within the Secretariat. Yes, indeed. That's correct. Now, coming to the last question um, and want, wanting to tap into your uh, your great wealth of experience um, Hilde, on on this issue, I would like to know from you about um, how we can maybe support employers in changing um, their mentalities and and be more open to be recruiting from a broader talent pool and consider candidates who are perhaps not um, fit for a full-time on-site paid uh, job, but they may be very valuable contribution to the organization if they can have flexibility in both the place of work and in the hours. So how could we have this um, change that is needs to happen about um, employers being more understanding 
of the work-life balance needs and the care responsibilities of employees or future employees without undermining their value on, on the labor market? Uh, of course, uh, the public employment services uh, have uh, through uh, uh, close cooperation with the employers uh, a lot of uh, knowledge uh, about uh, the opportunities, but uh, also uh, about the uh, buttons that uh, need to be pressed uh, to change uh, uh, attitudes and uh, practices. Uh, and of course, uh, this can sometimes be a bit uh, complex, but I su- uh, suppose that also employers as uh, or uh, most of us, uh, we, we notice that we have a tendency to stick to well-practiced uh, procedures in a way that we define the, our own uh, comfort uh, zone. Uh, and um, uh, so, uh, uh, in my view, um, uh, knowledge uh, is, of course, not the only thing, but uh, very important uh, knowledge about unused uh, labor uh, uh, and competence uh, pon- uh, potentials uh, and uh, also uh, knowledge uh, to, for employers about uh, possible support that I can get, for example, from uh, public employment services uh, if uh, they uh, take uh, the step uh, to recruit uh, outside uh, their um, uh, Actual pool of uh, actual candidates, uh, and um, there, uh, yes, we see that uh, if um, employers uh, first uh, get the experience that uh, this uh, work, uh, they go on uh, with reference uh, back uh, to the recent uh, experience uh, for many employers by use of. Uh, teleworking. So, uh, so again, um, uh, you should not uh, underestimate uh, the importance uh, of uh, of good information and uh, and sharing of uh, good practices. Well, thank you very much, Hilde, for joining me on this podcast conversation about public employment services that we recorded within the framework of our participation in the Equal European Project. I think this has been a really valuable exchange and conversation, so thank you so much for sharing with me and the listeners uh, about this specific issue and, um, and for being on the podcast. So thank you very much. And thanks a lot for the the opportunity to participate in uh, this uh, podcast. And for those listeners who would like to learn a little bit more about the project uh, we're in, the link to the project website is equalityforworkandlife.eu. So it's all in one word, equalityforworkandlife.eu. And the website is uh, bilingual, so it's both in Italian and in English. And uh, the the toolkit has been uploaded um, not long ago, as this is the the current phase of the development of the project. So you can access a host of um, resources and the toolkit on that website. So I would invite you all to go and and check it out. So um, thank you for listening and um, stay safe.